1: Hey everyone, while you're listening to this week's episode, please check out our proud partner 80.lv. It is the number one resource for all types of game developers out there who are looking to learn tips and tricks from the very best. I personally use it on a daily basis and I love it and I want to tell you guys all about it, but it's better that you just check it out yourself. Again, that's 8080.lv. If you want to chat with our other listeners out there, please join our Discord. It is available on our main website, www.gamedevunchained.com. It's free. It's awesome. We have a community there. Chat about the latest episodes. Chat about your favorite episodes. Talk about plans to go to GDC and possibly trying to find us so go ahead and check our discord out on our main website we are looking forward to chatting with you guys hey if you want to support us in what we do on the podcast and want to expand it please go to our patreon.com forward slash Game dev unchained become a member and get some cool perks all right let's roll into this week's episode
0: Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome back. I say that because I know you've been here before. This is Larry Charles, one half of the Game Dev Unchained podcast team. <laughs> Couldn't do it by myself. I'd never do it by myself. With me to help co-host this week's episode, the fastest blindfold a Rubik's Cube incomplete champion, Mr. Brandon Fam.
1: Hey, I am there to incomplete anything that you may have. This is Brandon Fam. Welcome to this week's episode, and I'm going to crawl in a little box with Larry here, and we're going to have a glass door confession. This is Mm. our second episode of the series, and with feedback and popular demand, we're coming back and reviewing Spark Unlimited. Uh. I felt, I think at the very beginning when we were talking about this, we wouldn't do our company yet that we worked at. But uh, I feel like we're safe enough from this one (laughs) that we can dive deep and just dissect and see what went on, right? So, Larry, do you mind if you, uh, for the audience out there who doesn't know about the company, give a little summary? Sure.
0: So I'll just say this as a disclaimer in the taste of companies that we currently work for, right? Like we're not going to do glass door confessionals of our current employers. Exactly. So hopefully audience don't expect us to want to lose our jobs, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. but spark actually has closed its doors. Uh, and so what I'll just say is here's our, here's our, let's go back in time. It's like seven years ago, Brandon fam. And I worked together at spark unlimited. I think I was there first. Yes. And Okay. So I got a job at Spark Unlimited thanks to a buddy of mine, Ali Zandi, who left Spark to go to Treyarch, I think, at that time. And he hooked me up with this sweet job opportunity to basically go, or, fuck, excuse me. Oh, anyway, Ali, thanks for the hookup <laughs> and the recommendation. I know he's the one that let me know about Spark, but I don't know if it was him going to Treyarch from that point or not. But I remember he was the recommendation for me to go to Spark. So I went to Spark. It was pretty cool. I worked on a Riley Hull. I was doing level design for Lost Planet 3. It was a really big, unknown, AAA small game mm-hmm. <laughs> made by Capcom. And unfortunately, I think that Spark just kind of had, like, a couple of bumps in the road before they got to this point because they had worked on a Call of Duty game. They worked on a game called Legendary. Uh, they also worked on a game called – what was the other one? Do you remember?
1: uh let me pull that Shoot, up Keep a, going.
0: yeah anyway so Call of duty like you said uh Call of duty is legendary also came out xbox 360 yeah uh era ps3 stuff and we came on after a prototype that they made i think that that didn't get green light and i won't say it but uh we did jump on board for lost planet 3. they did a really good job putting a demo together for that capcom wanted to work with a western studio They somehow made it out to Sherman Oaks, California, wined and dined with Craig Allen, CEO at the time, and a deal was signed. Spark is running Lost Planet 3, and they hired a bunch of really cool, awesome, scrappy, talented, senior, junior, mid-level game developers to bring this project to fruition. Uh, Knowing that my buddy Brandon Pham was looking to get back down to Orange County-ish area, I reached out to him to see if he wanted to come join us as an environment artist. So let's pick up the story from there, Brandon.
1: Yeah. So uh, I, I was working at Tukimarin at the time. I just uh, was still working on XCOM. Just recently shipped Bioshock Two. I was up there for at least four years. And as you guys know, I'm originally from Orange County, looking for jobs in yep. LA. So my good friend here, Larry, recommended Spark Unlimited. Went down there. The project in the demo was looking. Sorry, sl- <laughs> We're not there yet. <laughs> was looking slick, uh, and it was a senior role. It was a first senior role uh, offer. So, uh everything looked good, everything was lining up, and uh, the appeal is of course coming back down. so of course mm-hmm. uh, as you guys know, took the job. It started out fun. Um, mm-hmm. I think everything about the studio, even to this day, I had the most fun in our little pit with the environment yeah. guys. Uh, we just had tons of laugh. Uh, I would say everything was cool uh until it wasn't. Which was about eight eight and nine months. So there were signs, right? Obviously this is my first job, if you guys are long time listeners, that I got laid off man, and that was probably one of the toughest period in my life. Thanks again, Larry. And uh <laughs> and it
0: was it makes you stronger.
1: Yeah, it definitely was one of those I avoided it for four years. Everyone talks about being laid off at some job, uh at one time or another, uh, especially in the game industry, and that was my first hit, right? So um, Can't say it was completely by surprise. There were things about it was uh, suspicious, to say the least. Right on the personal development time, you know, if you're the only guy working on your level, and there are no resources set in the schedule to work on your level with you, kind of like what I I was going through. I was the only, you know, I me and another environment artist was assigned to a level, but the level design was (laughs) split between two other levels. Uh, barely even touched the level I was working on for about like four to five months. Right. That's usually a bad sign of saying, uh, it's going to get cut. So obviously I cut, you know, priorities were set, uh, schedules were, uh, falling behind. Right. Um, but I I didn't get laid off right then and there, and I I stayed on for another four months uh, to help with other levels. But But they reassured you. They reassured me that uh, this is going to make it into the game. So I worked on another part, and a funny thing happens in funny ways. Uh, That got cut eventually as well because it was just an extra, you know, as the game development goes down, the games get slimmer and slimmer, right? So levels get cut naturally. Things get cut. So um, that was the final final cut, right? Uh, obviously, I got laid off uh, with a group of other developers. I would say about nine months in. And uh, it was a big turning point, uh, pun intended. <laughs> that's what it was, turning point. Turning point. That's right. what they worked on in my personal life because up to that point, I was very dependent on thinking that a game job will set me up for the rest of my career, basically till I'm 65. Did not think about venturing off, doing my own thing at all. But that was my first time being exposed to being uh, vulnerable at a single point of failure, which is just relying on one job, right? So it changed in a good way. A lot of my thinking, you know, it started me being uh, more motivated and concentrated on uh, having side stuff, right? Eventually, you know, I, I, I began began a dual career, which was teaching, and then now that's turning into something else, right? So uh, in retrospect, like anything that goes horribly wrong in your life at one point uh you move on you change with it you adapt and you most of the time i feel people who survive something like that is able to uh, learn from it and get better results right so back to spark right that's what happened so obviously uh for good reasons and for bad spark holds a very special place in my career my heart uh, I still don't regret it of course you know Larry apologizes every time spark is someone <laughs> mentioned but do not feel that way uh, it was honestly the best times I had just uh, bullshitting with everyone in the art pit because uh, everybody was hilarious everybody was coming from different background and at the beginning of any project it's just a lot of fun a lot of hope and dreams mm. uh, that eventually get crushed but I uh, Yeah, I mean, the game eventually did ship, um, which is great, right? Still don't really have a canceled project under my belt ever. (laughs) So that's always nice. But going back to that after I left, how was that your experience there?
0: Well, I will say I, I want to co-sign to what you said first about the company. And obviously, we're bring, we're bringing all these positive memories into the podcast, guys, because we are then going to read the Glassdoor reviews. <laughs> yes. So in order for this to not just be like Will Smith's Pursuit of Happiness movie, where it's just sadness after sadness yes. after sadness, yeah. we're going to give you the positive.
1: Yeah. For for the first time, people who are listening to this Segment of Glassdoor confession: We dissect what went wrong, what went right at a company, uh, mm-hmm. usually a company that has closed its doors. So we're not hurting anybody's feelings. We yeah. we promised before that we work towards companies we worked for that has closed down. But uh, like we said, this is something we feel pretty safe mentioning, yeah. uh, and uh, it's a good way for us to give insight to a studio that we worked at. Right, so it's a little bit more yeah. intimate.
0: And lastly, again, everything that we say is just opinion, although we did live through a lot of this personal experience and firsthand experience. Yeah. Uh, I'm not going to say that, like, if someone put me in the courtroom, it was like, Larry, what you said on that podcast, is that exactly how it happened? <laughs> I, eh, you know what I mean? It's like, this is what I saw happen. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Now, whether what I saw was exactly what I thought it was. Yeah. But anyway, that, that gets all of our ass covering out of the way. OK, so. After Brandon left, I would say it was tough because we still had to ship the project. We did lose a couple of people in that layoff and work didn't really get uh, redistributed. And also, you know, the company had to crack down on some of the policies that actually made Spark an enjoyable place to work. Uh, They brought in external talent. Like, I think, uh, were you there when Connie was brought in?
1: No, I don't think so.
0: Oh, man. So they brought in Connie, and I'm assuming they told Connie ahead of time, like, Connie, you need to, like, put a boot in these people's butt and make sure that they ship the game because she was tough. She was nice and sweet if you had her Mm one-on-one, but, damn, she would like, I remember I got summoned to a meeting one time, right? Like, it's an open air. It's, like, open floor, open design, Mm -hmm. right? So, like, you don't have to, like, you can just say, hey, Larry, and I can hear you from anywhere in the office, right? I remember I got summoned to a meeting one time. She just opened the door. Boom. Harry! Oh my God. Yeah, and I wasn't in trouble. Yeah. It was just that I needed to be at that meeting. Oh my God. Yeah, it's like damn <laughs> <laughs> should have yelled back. Yeah. So, it booty? was it was crazy. And so um so she's a producer Capcom, type then. Okay. Yeah, she was brought in as like a like a firefighter on the production team to just get the project out the door. Uh the producers that we had in place I think they caught wind of some things that were going down that were illegal. I'll just say, Whoa. and I think that what? yeah, I'm not gonna. So this, I'm definitely not going to pay. Right, off. off
1: the air, but off the air. This
0: is this is one of those I was looking through a glass window. Yeah. And I believe that some producers who were in place caught wind of something illegal happening at the company, and because of that, kind of ended up no longer at the company. And I'll just leave it like that. Oh my god! Um, All right, yeah, so
1: we'll save it for the after show.
0: <laughs> yeah, so <laughs> that's that's hearsay speculation because okay. I wasn't there to see who said what or what, okay, but that's okay. what I think I observed. All right. Uh, obviously, Connie comes in very tough, you know, kicking everyone's butt, making sure that we finish this dang game but the whole attitude and the like the Craig mariachi band show up making tacos and everything like that those days were over like it's capcom over, yeah. right after craig did a meeting yeah. of like hey this is what you're going to do then capcom comes in whatever he said <laughs> don't listen to him <laughs> this is what you're going to do and it's like i'm just a low level level designer like uh, do i please the boss or do i please the people who pay for the game yeah. what's going on who's yeah. gonna fire me first yeah, yeah you know what yeah, i mean yeah, that's yeah. that's what it came down to it was tough man
1: so did capcom come in right afterwards or was it you guys try to hit a milestone and it
0: wasn't meaning the deadline so capcom was present in the studio more than i would ever have imagined working on a partnership with another studio ever right especially wow. for the publisher yeah they had installed people to basically oversee what was going down um they wanted to make sure that we were really going to deliver this game and make it quality. Now, for me, I, was, I didn't understand because everyone I saw there was working. We yeah. were producing content. Yeah. I feel like we did levels. We were trying to find any way that we could shoestring together content to make this game legit. Like, we were tricking the engine into, like, oh – I know that we use this system to do this, but if I combine it with this system, it's going to produce this really cool effect. Like we were doing all the like MacGyvering we possibly could to save this project and make it fantastic. But as I got older, it's like, well, why do we need to save the project if the money and the talent is there? Right. And that then points back to the producers caught wind of something illegal. Mm. Uh, There was claim of siphoning. I'll just say Mm. happening.
1: Mm -hmm, mm
0: uh and again this is speculative capcom don't send me any letters because this is this is lost planet 3 is old now so yeah yeah. whatever uh i will say capcom actually was very pleasant for me personally to work with Mm -hmm. they came over to see what i was working on they were like encouraging you know and and like giving me ideas and feedback like straight from capcom so you imagine you grew up playing street fighter and like all these fighting games and you're like ha ha you know you feel great right But at the same time, it's like almost time for the game to ship, and you haven't seen a commercial, you haven't seen a magazine ad, you haven't even seen a Facebook post. You know what I mean? Right. It's like that part was sad. It was like ah.
1: Yeah, I've never. So the only time I stayed after, well, I, I guess I never really stayed after a bad lay off right so I was the first group that laid off so I wasn't there and usually that is like the start of the downhill or the tumble mm-hmm. right it, it never just gets better after you laid off people it's like they, that's when they start cutting back that's when they get mm-hmm. more strict that's when publishers mm-hmm. if you're a third party developer come in and demand and try to be pleasing but it's all about work now and no fun right and they get stricter and stricter I guess I kind of saw that at Digital Domain Maine when I was at DD where uh, at the time it was, it was just a contractor but it was during their whole turmoil of visual effects studios like closing left and right uh, or moving to Canada or overseas and so uh, literally the week after they announced DD is closing down that Florida uh, studio that huge mega studio they just built like a year ago or something mm-hmm. uh, They half, half of the people would show up at the office that I was at and uh, you know, Donut Fridays were gone. You know, there were there were letters and notes about how we should uh, be really smart about using paper towels. <laughs> so I, I kind of had a preview, right? Obviously, I wasn't full time. I you know, I, I didn't want to be full time. It was just uh, uh, it was the gig right after Spark. It was more of an in between gig, right? So I knew what it was. So I wasn't invested, but I saw, I guess, a little bit of what you guys probably went through but probably not probably way more hardcore because uh you know at least dd was still getting multiple projects so yeah man that sounds um that sounds crazy because uh it, it, it if there's any consolation of being the first group or the first ones to be laid off it's like you know you're you're getting it the first push to to look for something I don't know how, I mean, it's always nice to kind of know ahead of time, you know, all oh, the first group just got laid off. That means I got this amount of time to look for something because I don't think anybody looks at that and be like, oh, great. Now that that problem is solved, I can be heads down
0: and start working again. <laughs>
1: it's the most discouraging thing ever.
0: Yeah. So how? That's how is the, that's the first, when you lay, it, I'll say this yeah. to tie into what you're saying. This is to execs to management level that don't already know this, but also to listeners when they lay off like one or two people, that's like, you know, fat trimming. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. But whenever it's a group of like, with Hey, group, this person, yeah. this person, this person, this person, and this person you're needed in the meeting room. Yeah. And then you just never see those people again. Mm-hmm. That's, a layoff, that's a layoff. Right. Yeah. That's when people are like, Oh shit.
1: Yeah. So how was, like- how was the mood uh, with, <laughs> with that uh, because i assume that I you guys was, heard about it the day of right
0: sure so obviously first it's shock then it's you know that there's an absence right like the pit is not laughing the same way it used to especially brandon's laugh <laughs> <as> isn't heard <hurt laughs> like coming home. from the pit yeah, yeah yeah but uh you know it's it's obviously it's it's a it's a downward trend in morale um people are still trying to be professional you know you definitely need the paycheck but it's also when you know you need the paycheck, but then things aren't going well at the studio, that's a very scary yeah. period of time. That's when people get real nervous. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And so they, I think they started doing like crunch bonuses Dude. of like, what? "Hey guys, you know, we uh, if you stay late tonight, you might be there when the producer gives out gift cards." What or like, yeah, man, we were gift cards. They were doing. They were doing these like, okay. <laughs> So our bonuses for crunch one time, and I don't want to say bonus, like monetary bonus, but like we were there working late one day and they were exactly little incentives. Uh, One time was they were giving out raffle tickets. Mm. And then if you caught enough raffle tickets, you could win a gift card. So they bought like five, 10 gift cards, but they did this like maybe once a week. Yeah, And so like I won $50 to Home Depot Uh. as a like, you know, 22 year old, 23 year old. Living in an apartment. Yeah. Like, ah, yes, I can't wait to buy the mulch for the day that I have a house.
1: It's so nice that they uh, were passing out yeah, was- part of my salary. Yeah, that's nice.
0: And-
1: <laughs> <laughs> nice that they uh, yeah, get was- that part out. Yeah.
0: Was- they were trying to do what they could to, like, you know, just keep the morale as, as high as possible to try to move things towards the finish line. Sure. Uh, one thing I can say about Craig was he at least wanted to have a good time with his company. And so he tried to do things to, from what I was able to see, again, I can't speak for everything, but he, he tried to, you know, do little events or little raffles or little things where you could win like an iPad or like a, right. you know, something or other, and just to give us some hope, you know what I mean? Sure. Just to like, You don't have to feel it go all the way in. You only have to feel half of it. It's just enough to make you forget.
1: When a company goes through this, it's never any one person's fault. But how much of it do you think was affected by Craig? Or was it because there's this poor planning on leads? Or what do you think was the downfall of this project in particular? I
0: think that... I think that, and this is just me personally speaking about this experience, putting together what I was able to put together. I think it seemed like there was some high level decisions to do things with game funding that made it difficult for Lost Planet 3 to be as successful as it could have. Mm. But it definitely hurt the game to have no marketing support. Yeah. Right. Like. We're talking about a game that won an award for its excellence in, I think it was in like narrative yeah. and writing, right? Like we put, we made a story game and we won an award for being a story game, Yeah, but no one heard about it. No one knew about it except the judges. Right. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's a big miss. And so I think that at first I was like, are they not putting money in marketing because our game is shit? And there were times where obviously the game's coming together and you feel like some of the content is slow, you know, it's not paced very well, but that's when it's still in development. And we're like, all right, well, here's what we're going to do. We'll add some world fill combat. We'll add some, you know, some random encounter stuff that kind of ties together and leads you down this side quest. And it's a really, excuse me, cool side quest. We're going to introduce like this really zany kind of character. Like we were doing things to kind of fill gaps. And so I was like, we're not a terrible game. We're not even that it's a bad game, right? Like halfway through, I was like, there's areas where we need to improve. By the time we were ready to ship the game, I was like, we have a solid game. Yeah. Right. Like that last 20% really came together towards the end. And we really really were like, yo, this is a really cool game. If you have a PS3 or Xbox 360, I don't get any money by saying this, but check out lost planet three. Because it's worth it for the story. We really did a good job on that game. And so it behooved me, like, why is no one spending any money to promote this? And that's why I say, well, maybe it had something to do with, like, what I thought I was picking up on, which was that Lost Planet 3 was really paying for, like, two games. Right, right. Uh, right. And I, I don't have any facts on this, by the way. Yeah. So I don't want anyone to be liable over this, but this is just what I what that, I think. I was that happens
1: a lot, man. It's so much easier. Yeah. It's, it's so easy for a company that has multiple projects to just have one bank account, right. Mm -hmm. Or something and, uh, use that to fund projects within the company. Right. Um, you know, unless you're, you're there as the IRS, there's no way to really differentiate day to day spending. Um, I will say this, right. Um, You know, I'm no, I'm no Sherlock, but when I got my first paycheck, and it was a different company that than what I was working for. I knew something ice was up. Uh, yeah, it was called Ice Games. was Like who, who the hell's? I? I had to talk to HR. It's like I, I think I'm getting the wrong paycheck. I, I work at Spark. <laughs> I don't, I don't work for Ice Games. And it was, it was a DBA, or was it completely a different
0: LLC setup? Uh knowing them, it would have been a completely different LLC because if it was just a DBA, they may as well have said spark. There's I no see. legal protection. So the whole reason why it was ice games was for like, oh no, this, your grievances with ice games and we can shut that down whenever we need to yeah and spark is still protected this is such a red flag these are professional swindlers (laughs) it's like hey (laughs) we
1: are so proud that you're gonna might fail most likely so we're gonna start this company as a protection it's such a bad message i i knew we have a shell company yeah shell company exactly so uh, from that point forward, I was definitely on my toes, you know, it, even with me being suspect because the first time my level was cut, you know, I even pulled aside, uh, you know, everybody I was working with for that level I was like, Hey man, I, I think we're going to get laid off like three months out, but I still got lazy. Right. I think as a family man, as a developer, you know, I got lazy because, uh, you know, you get comfortable. You're like, I'm still working. I'm here. But you don't really take it seriously unless until something like that happens, right? Until you get laid off and be like, "Shit, I was so dependent on this job." Um, so yeah, there were definitely signs, right? It's always easier to look back on these type of things. Um, you know, see, Craig Allen seems like a nice of like enough guy, but how how do I say this? He doesn't seem like the type about who's about finishing. (laughs) He's more like pitching and acquiring uh, funding, but he never really celebrates or talks about, uh, about finishing and making more money out of it. You know what I mean? Like profiting from good work. It's almost like, Hey suckers, I got them. (laughs) You know, that's the type of sense. That's the type of sense I got because honestly money in the bank, right? Uh, It's the same thing when companies, uh, brag about games shipped and not sell through, right? It's kind of like, hey, money mm-hmm. is in the bank. Even though there's always a clause saying they can always, they all, can always buy back their merchandise if it doesn't sell through or whatever. But it, that's the type of sense I got where it was mostly focused on um, acquiring work and keeping the studio going. And it was never about making Spark, you know, a titan in a real fighting chance of competing, right? It was just like everybody kind of knew sort of like where it was, where it is, but at least to me, right? It didn't seem like it was a CEO trying to change the world. It was a CEO like, how do I make my next million uh, (laughs) within the next five months? Right. So surprisingly lost planet three shipped. I don't know how many round of layoffs eventually happened. But would you say from the original team to the time you guys shipped, what percentage was still there that was an original team?
0: Uh, we. This is a hard one. Yeah, it's it's going to be a hard one for me to answer for you, though, because. I mean, we lost a couple of designers, but for the most part, I was still there. Danny was still there. Rodney was still there. Castro was there uh yoshimura ended up having to leave on his own accord i believe it mm-hmm. did not, i'm not trying to put c- people's career business on blast yoshimura i think left early though if i recall correctly mm-hmm. um i don't i think dana was still there soderland yeah like for the most part our design team was kept intact as we shipped but i did get let go also mm. uh and then <laughs> how many, told how them, many
1: months or years or afterwards?
0: Oh wait, no. Well, It, it was, it was sneaky what I did and it was, and I, and I would only do this move for two reasons. One, cause it just made sense. Yeah. But two, I was young and I really wanted to finish the game and get it on my resume. And I was willing to do whatever it took, which obviously in a, in a sense, I'm still like that same guy. Like I'm proud of my products and I want it to mean something, mm-hmm. but like, let me tell you what I ended up doing you'll understand why this is kind of like a once in a career thing. So I've moved right across the street from spark unlimited, which is a terrible move. Right. Like really? You didn't like terrible living close, man. You know what close. it's like when they know you're Aww, like 20 see, you, feet away. You don't let them know. And you're like, oh, That's your fault. I'm sick guys. I'm, I'm home sick for the day. You know what I mean? And like, you know that they could just look out the blinds and if they see PlayStation
1: <laughs> Or you, go to the, the gym.
0: Yeah, just, you're like... I'm knocking your door. Exactly, yeah. You can't leave your house because you're just worried that that's they'll right. think that you're playing. That's true, that's true. Anyway, that's true. Yeah. I moved right across the street from the studio and they laid me off. They're like, you know, Larry, thank you so much. Uh, you know, your time's up and we yada yada, this and that. And I was like, well, look, I'm just going to be real with you guys. And these are the producers that were there originally, not the new ones. I was like... Yeah. I know that this game is not done. I know that my work is not done and it's just going to get land on someone else's desk. I was like, I'm going to be looking for jobs, but I live right across the street. I'll come in and work for free while I don't have a job to just keep pushing this product forward, you know, uh, uh, cause damn. it's more important to me that right. we finish this game yeah. than it is that I, I worked at spark. The game's not done and I can't show you any of it. You know what I mean? Mm. Uh, so they're like, Oh man, you would do that. Oh, that's so great. Oh, you're a great guy, Larry. And then they came back and they're like, Well, we're not gonna make you work for free, but what we can do is just pay you QA salary if that's okay. I was like, I was willing to work for free, so I'm happy to take I'm happy to take the QA salary. Yeah, oh I went from God. salary salary to like hourly I did, entry level. QA. I've known
1: you for for so long, I still didn't know about this. Lee, like, last word confession.
0: Yeah, yeah so <laughs> yeah, here it facts. is confession. New facts. Yeah, so they were like, all right, Larry, we'll pay you QA salary. You can keep coming to work and this and that. It's It will just be a new job offer and all this and all that. So, like, wow. we do new paperwork and all this shit. Oh. So now I'm going from, like, whatever I was making to, like, you know, like $15 an hour or something like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. After about two months, they're like, Larry, we're going to give you your old job back. And so I was like, sweet. <laughs> <You> know, <laughs> that was a win for me. That's, that works. But I don't know. they." I, they saw that I was trying to help the product you know they like, they believed in me plus I was doing good work and it was free right like instead of a QA they have a person who was doing level design at the same rate and level that he was just getting paid way less so they're probably really excited
1: I'm pretty sure the lawyer caught wind of this and uh, <laughs> all you know, these type of things is like it's never really like a change of heart because emotionally they saw you through the blinders and oh look at how hard he is like i feel bad <laughs> it was more like dude you can't do that shit he can come back and sue you because he's doing the same job for less a lesser salary like legally you cannot do that
0: you know what that might you might you might be right <laughs> because Bro, I'll it, just I remember like this
1: knowing- you remember this right maybe this is something for listeners because it's sledgehammer right sledgehammer there in california especially Mm. there's a limit on i know you're not contract right but there's a limit on on contract work that you can take in as a Mm. full-time salary uh, worker there's got to be some rule where if you're doing the same job you can't suddenly get cut i don't know it feels kind of it sounds kind of fishy (laughs) Sure. Coming well, I'll from, tell you what. I just, I, I just went, see
0: Craig Allen. I went from having no job. <laughs> I just job see his face. <laughs> <to> having <laughs> some job and then, or no salary to have some salary. And yeah. Then back to my old salary. I took that as a win. That is and a it, win. it was like a, yeah. a reaffirming moment for me, regardless what happened behind the scenes right, right, at the right. Wizard of Oz. I saw the yellow brick road. You yeah, know what right, I mean? Right. Uh, But that's not the best part. So, junior designer the whole time but like i had done like a boss fight i had done my own level mm-hmm. that had three stages to it mm-hmm. right like mm-hmm. as the story progresses three different acts the level has to evolve so i had to do extra stuff um i did have some help during the second stage though so i'm not going to lie when i got laid off obviously my work landed on someone else's desk till they brought me back in plus he was a really senior designer mm-hmm. so he improved the area that he took over like big time mm-hmm uh but anyway i got it back so i got to finish it off i did all the world field combat and like all these like quests and shit that i had to add to this game and it was like man this is a whole lot for a junior designer you know what i mean like i'm supposed to be underneath somebody who's like larry go put collision on those rocks yeah yeah you know larry what do you want to do i'm doing like my own levels i'm doing the ending level well i started doing the ending level like all this shit so basically i was like all right I know that I've gone to war for you guys, right? Yeah, like it's, yeah. Let's talk about me not being a junior designer anymore. Yeah, And so they're like, yeah, Larry, yeah, you know. All right, okay, so here's what we're going to do. You should be promoted, Larry. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to. Till the project ships. Yeah, we're going to, we're going to. Hey, the Yaiba team wants to hire you, Larry. So here's what we're thinking. We're going to offer you a design position on the Yaiba team. So I was like, oh, okay, cool. And so, but here's the thing. We're going to give you a raise of $6,000. but you don't get overtime anymore. And I was like, Fuck! <laughs> like they, they didn't think I was going to be able to do like basic math because I knew what my tax return was for the year before. Right, right. And if I took my base rate and added six, I was going to be down about nine, 10000 Yeah, just based on the amount of overtime and the amount of work that I knew I was responsible for yeah. that I got paid for. And, but if I no longer get overtime and I know the way yeah. that the company, worked, I was like, no, sir. Yeah. Your cap. Yeah. And so the, the the snaky part of it was uh, they're like, okay, Larry, this job offer, they sent it to me on Friday. Like they strung me along for so long. And so I started looking at other places. Yeah. You actually got me an interview at Sledgehammer Games, which they didn't know about. Right. And I was kind of waiting on Sledgehammer to come through with an offer because that was going to be working on Call of Duty. Yeah, And so they're like, Larry, here's your offer Friday at 5 p.m. And it's only good until Monday at 10 a.m. What? And I'm like i was like there's no business days between me getting this offer and me having to say yes to this offer i was like what kind of bullshit is this and i told the hr lady i was like hey i got something on the back burner that like is really important to me and i've been cooking on you're not giving me any time and she was like well aren't you don't you want the offer like why do you need something else if you have the offer because in in the back of my mind i'm like because it's a it's a really good (laughs) opportunity that's why yeah it's it's way better than this yeah yeah but uh, so what I said was, all right. Well, if you guys are going to put me in an uncomfortable position where you clearly have no respect or don't give a shit yeah. about the type of situation that you put me into, then I said, if the offer comes through, then it's on you. If I leave, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to take this offer just to have something to protect me, and I'm going to work hard because if the offer doesn't come through, yeah, you know what I mean. You're going like, to fall so, back
1: on it, yeah. Exactly. I would have done the same thing, and for yeah. anybody out there, you know who. Who doesn't believe in that? I feel like uh, as an employee, you don't really have that much to choose, especially with choices like that. You definitely always pick the safer path to make sure you're set. Because a multi-million dollar company, and I'm assuming they have a couple millions, right? (laughs) They're set no matter what. Yeah, they'll get a little shady, but... It, with everything that has happened thus far it's just a calculated move that you gotta have to take right so i i commend you on taking that type of decision because yeah it would have been dumb if you had said no without any guarantees right yeah so i, I don't think anybody will fault you for that maybe management maybe, who's listening me, to the man. podcast
0: I, I play straight up you know and yeah. so like I had lost sleep over that because I was like, oh, man, if I get this job, I have to turn my back on these people I've just been working with for four days. Yeah, you got to shrug that off, Dude, (laughs) I'm not going to lie. My buddy Eric was there when I got the offer. He looked me in my eyes. He was like, well, see you later, kid. (laughs) 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 He knew I knew. And I I feel bad. I just skated out of there without even doing like the whole, let me go around and say goodbye to everybody Uh, that I've been working for for four days. Cause I knew it was kind of a shit move. I'm not going to lie. Like, but I was upset that I had to even do that to people mm-hmm. when, you know what I mean? Like I've never in my life been like, Oh, Friday to yeah. Monday. Yeah yeah yeah, 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 yeah. They were stringing you along for months. And then all of a sudden it's Friday to Monday. Mm-hmm. I felt so bad that like I was turning my back on these people. That's because to me, it felt like I'm turning my back on them. Right, right, They're right. like, yeah, we got a designer. Finally, who's going to help and do all this mm-hmm. stuff. And I was contributing ideas, and I was getting support, and like people were like, "Yeah, Larry, all right." And then all of a sudden, (laughs) I'm
1: out of (laughs) here. Got a good offer. My chair is
0: like spinning. (laughs) (laughs) So you were there for
1: about four full days, right? Before
0: I think like four days. I felt so bad. Did
1: you even finish your two weeks, or was it that the last day? And you're just like, "No,
0: I." So sledgehammer needed me to make a move too, and so, and I and I'm not gonna lie, I kind of pressured it, in like, hey, you know, yeah i got this offer you know which is true i got the offer and i was like just want to make sure like before i jump into this man you tell a company that's half interested that you have an offer that came through and they're about to miss out yeah shoot emails start flying it was crazy how fast they started working
1: yeah and that's usually how it works if they want you man they'll work their ass off to get you so yeah
0: not tooting my own horn i just that is a clear thing that happened like there was like longer gaps between communication yeah. i was like ah hey guys just let you know i did get an offer come through and it's pretty it's pretty good yeah no you don't even have to brag or nothing i was just like it's pretty good yeah hold on a 2nd Boom <laughs> out you know what i mean like had the long interview yeah boom get home offer yeah they moved quick. crazy
1: yeah it was yeah. um it was unfortunate what happened at spark obviously but Mm-hmm. You know, we're accounting everything that has gone wrong, right? Uh, behind the scenes, there probably were things that they did right. They hired a lot of good people. There was a lot of good developers yep. who went on to have amazing careers. You know, uh, mm-hmm. working at good leads, yeah, good leads, and eventually, you know, all these good LA companies. Everyone's working at awesome companies, so it's not like Spark ruined lives, right? Uh, it was a good starting off point for a lot of people's career, and mm-hmm. um, the only. Thing that we see with these type of places is just the pattern is always the same, especially smaller companies. I see that a lot, right? A lot of the moves that Spark was doing, you know, uh, they they had a, a. a main office which was like the the main office that they've always had but they would rent out offices for per project right it seems like every off uh, every project had a, a different office a different game company name <laughs> and uh, it, it, it had a very startup type of feel when i first began there because we were building up the team and it had a really short project timeline and I guess this is one of the things that you know as you age as a developer you start to consider more right mm-hmm. back then I was like oh senior role LA that's it check check let's go right but now I'm like how long is the project how many people you got you know who's your publisher yeah. what, what's your next milestone yeah. <laughs> it's like it's a lot more uh goal oriented like how realistic are you with your deadlines and goals? Um, Because now there's just no F uh, no energy uh, to wait around for risk and chances. Right. So I I didn't know any of that. Right. I, I spent four years at a company at 2k for a while. So I knew how 2k worked, but very n- little knowledge of where everything was, uh, everywhere was. And even to this day, every little company has its thing, but I'm, I'm feeling it finally, you know, tying back to our 10 year anniversary, all well, 10 year, uh, uh, development look back episode. You know, I, I have enough experience now to kind of know how things are with the place and what to look for. And now what's stable and what's not stable. But back then, even with four years under my belt, like I was still very fresh. It was a it was a big move on my part in my personal career. Spark was very important because it really did introduce confirmed uh, a lot of the things that I was thinking, but never really knew and thought about. Right. Uh, And that's the one thing I feel like a lot of developers might be struggling out there is that they stay at a company for too long, right? We know those guys as the OGs, um, mm. very, very loyal, very faithful. It's actually impressive if they been at a, a, struggling company for a long time through the good and the bad for, or more impressively through all the bads, right? All those layoffs that you somehow dodge, you know, uh, freaking matrix, all those bad things. And, um, but the thing that you do worry is like, you know, at some point you become real relevant, right? If you're just trying to survive the whole time, you're not really forced to innovate, right? You're, you're kind of stuck with, uh, if I would to stay, and if we were to stay, imagine that. If we were to stay through Spark uh, all the way to, you know, after y- Yaba, Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they tried to do a a free to play or something. They were trying to do mobile. It's like an
0: iPhone game, I think. Yeah, they were for trying like to, a year.
1: They, for a year before they eventually closed down. Like if I were to think about when I got laid off to to then, um, which was what maybe two years ago, maybe three years ago when they finally shut the doors, uh, I would have been a totally different developer. Yeah, I would have had a stable job, sure, quote unquote. But uh, my salary would have been horrible to look at compared to what I, because I've been jumping around, right? I've been at bigger companies and stuff. So it's one of those things where, yes, at the very moment being laid off sucks, right? Uh, you know, you would have you. <laughs> I struggle with the idea of either being, um. Uh, <laughs> with the first group or the second group, right? Is the first group better or The second group, second group gives you a little leeway to prepare. First group sucks because you get the rug pulled from under you, but it forces you to adapt, right? Um, even as a second group, you might get bombarded with a lot of work all of a sudden, right? Like how much time do you really need to have to, to, to recover from the shock as well mm-hmm. as to, um, take that information and do something with it, right? Most likely you're going to inherit all that work. So you, all that time and, you know, companies know, right? They they prepare for things like that. When they are, they do a layoff, they anticipate people leaving, which is contrary to what most people would think is a bad thing, right? It's like, oh, people are leaving. That means they're going to, it solves their problem, right? They want to clear up the budget, but no, they still have to, Unless their game is total shit, they still have to ship it out, right? Losing good people won't do that, right? It makes the project worse. And most of the time after life, yeah, if the project gets worse, it doesn't get better. Um, lower resources, tighter deadlines. <laughs> so, you know, I, I, there were other things at the company that was really funny. The stintiness were everywhere. I mean, the location was great. It was actually really fun. It was was
0: so nice 24 hour fitness, like 400 feet away. Yeah, it was was at the Galleria, very fancy place. Um, dude, lots of aspiring actresses of all types of acting. Yes, I'll just say there you go. We're working out there. Oh, (laughs) a lot
1: of famous people. You know, it was a very uh trendy, happening type of place. Uh, mm-hmm. If you were working in LA, that place was really fun. Um, but I, I guess like any other company, it, it comes down to the people you work with. My immediate coworkers that I talk with every day was awesome, but uh, like you mentioned, you know, we we had good leads and everything, but it, it just broke down to to management. It was just. Uh, it wasn't sudden that the money was drying up or anything, right? It was, you always look at the executive producer's face if the project's going well or not, right? And at that time, you can tell. You can tell things were not good. Um And it hurt a lot of the morale, like you said. So it is a tough position for a CEO to look at that situation because it's not like... So in in retrospect, you feel like the the budget was the reason why it hurt the team where the money was just not there to support it? Or was there other things in play that you felt like was a major contribution, right? There's many things, but it was another major contribution.
0: I don't feel like we made huge cuts to the game. And I think that the demo levels that we put together were fantastic, especially given the time. But I think doing them kind of hurt the project as well. Like once we've proven that we can do it, let us do it.
1: Yeah. I do remember that. Like that, that you mentioned it. There was a lot of demos and Mm -hmm. that usually plagues a project, right? The only company that I've been at that do demos (laughs) right was Sledgehammer. And Mm -hmm. no surprise, they don't delay. They do three years. They've been doing this for 10 years. So every game is super polished. Even if they like crunch, they have a deadline that they meet, right? So, and I think particularly at Sledgehammer, those those guys are used to heading deadlines like really well. So, to compare the difference is that when I was at Spark, uh, the demos were really one off, all smoke and mirrors. I guess it's more traditional to a game studio to have demos like that just to test out concepts, which are great because it unifies the different disciplines and force them to hit a deadline to have a vision, basically, to shoot for, right? When it becomes bad is that you're doing this every three months, which also means the main game isn't being done. Yeah, it's suffering from all these developers working all on this eye candy stuff but it doesn't play well right it's mostly just for show um so that that i saw that you know was a culprit of just wasting a lot of game time right we weren't making the game so the difference at sledgehammer was we were working on game demo but they were actual levels right we were putting them away and aside from policy
0: level is still a level, it's still a level, right? It's still going to be in the campaign at some point. Yes.
1: Yeah. It's a weird concept when it shouldn't be right. It sounds very natural. Well, yeah. Why wouldn't you take a level and, and develop it like a demo, uh, ready type of thing and, and be good for both. Right. It's just, for some reason it's just poor pre-production basically, right? You're using your demo as pre-production, uh, f- uh, a little bit, but um, because Sledgehammer had better pre pre production, where they came mm-hmm. into the level of knowing you know how it fits within the story, versus Spark, I felt like it was still figuring out the story and figuring out how it plays and using this demo as all those check boxes, right? Mm-hmm. So again, it just comes back to planning. But to be fair, right, that was a overall was it like a two-year project when I came on it was like a year left or something right from what I remembered I don't know if you guys just delayed the original time but
0: uh yeah it,
1: it just seemed like it was always tight from the moment I got there it was tight and and another clear example of a tight deadline and and uh wasting time i was working on levels for like six eight months that didn't get used <laughs> <laughs> how much waste is that like i'm looking yeah. from their perspective this is what they saw Senior, why, why, six why, months. why are we paying this guy to make like throwaway levels <laughs> i agree <Half> <laughs> i agree it's like get rid of them so they got rid of me, right? It's like, all right. But you told me to work on levels and didn't give me,
0: you know, level design. I didn't treat it correctly. Well, yeah. Brandon, how about we start interviewing some ghosts of Spark Unlimited? Uh-huh. And let's deliver on the juice of this episode, which is the Glassdoor Confession. Yeah. Let's scroll through the old Glassdoor page and look for some they're anonymous but we're not making these up we're reading straight from the glass door reviews and i found a a juicy one all right go for it no no go ahead go ahead what's up
1: well i I usually like starting these with positive like some would say (laughs) overly positive reviews right suspiciously uh, suspiciously positive suspiciously (laughs) so uh the first one right off the top you know this was in 2014 right i forgot when we left was it 2002 13, 2012, something like that. So this is a little after. Great experience, quote-unquote. I work at Spark Limited as a contractor less than a year. The pros were, it was very fun and friendly, working environment with lots of very knowledgeable people, one of the most enjoyable jobs I've ever had. Cons. Initially, production was a little disorganized, but that was remedied, right? This sounds pretty... I wouldn't say this was a fake... CEO going in there, right? It sounds pretty reasonable and maybe things on that particular project. Well, this, this particular contractor was a senior effects artist, right? Maybe that department had a little more fun than we did, but that was a good, I think, uh, if you're working there under a year, again, I had no problems with the coworkers that I worked with. And if you manage to keep that going without any, um, hiccups in the project, I I can see that, being a different and more fun experience um, during that time. So let's flip that. What's the next one?
0: All right. So I have one. It says it was written February 15th, 2018. So this is That's somebody was recent. scornful. This is fresh. Yeah. And it's not me, because I actually don't even write Glassdoor reviews. Uh Extremely Overpaid Management is <laughs> did, the title. Did. All the uh, bullet points are red, doesn't recommend, negative outlook, disapproves of CEO. Hmm. And the subtitle is, I worked at Spark Unlimited full-time more than eight years. Whoa. So this is somebody who's been through the the whole yeah. shebang of A. Yeah. Pros, dev team had great culture. I agree, right? Cons, Oh yeah! See, they said, "Okay, awful management team paid themselves way too much while employees took a temporary 50% pay cut. Then they laid people off as they skimmed tons of money off the top." Advice to management: Never work in video games again.
1: <laughs> two stars.
0: Damn, two stars. two stars. Yeah,
1: that's that's exactly what we were talking about, right? You were mentioning how the the budget yeah the budget for the game would just be uh segmented off or uh split upon you know management right it doesn't
0: i'm just gonna be real with you man i don't even see the budgets as a junior designer but as i was looking around and just kind of taking inventory of seeing how things were going i was like something just, this shit just does not add up to me mm-hmm why Capcom would be taking these positions, why the CEO and the company would be taking opposite positions and Mm. why we don't have what we need to finish the game. Yeah. You know what I mean? That
1: is a very aggressive publisher move. Like I've never, I've heard of publishers coming in and sending their own people even to try to ship a game, but never a publisher that completely disrespects the head of the company. Because that, Bro, you, that that's a bold move. Because what what kind of morale are you are you even thinking that employees will respond to? Is like this is a shit show. Like if you are aiming to finish the game, it's like how how can you keep people safe, at least in how they see the situation, right? So that I've never yeah. heard of that before, but yeah, it definitely is something. Maybe like we said, something's going on that was always money related, right? that's crazy man
0: yeah but we did get a badass blur trailer so (laughs) whatever money went to that that was a smart move i love that trailer yeah uh you want to jump on one
1: yeah so there's a there's one in october 1st 2015 and this is grabbing my attention it says alas there is no more spark so i'm not sure exactly when spark rests in peace right it feels like about two years ago so this person worked doesn't recommend it, has a negative outlook, and is in the orange of the CEO. Maybe he had a beer with CEO. He sounds like a fun guy to have a beer with. I worked at Smart of the Limited for more than a year. The pros were, it was an interesting project. Lost Planet 3 was a fun game to work on. Additionally, some extremely talented people working there. The cons were layoffs, 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 and more layoffs. Did I mention there were layoffs? And yes, more layoffs. <laughs> This guy I've been through so that's the thing, right, that I am definitely sure of. Like you don't want to be the last guy who doesn't get laid off, right? It's it's disheartening. How can you remain positive with a smile and keep your heads down and work with all that distraction, right? Hmm. Even if you survive through that. And you if you know, it is always commendable to have a survivor at a company and like, wow, you've been through all that. But how can you have the willpower? In the positive outlook to be creative, right at that mm-hmm. point you got to be a cog to make it work. Mm-hmm. You're not looking for the outgoing type, <laughs> trying to improve things type. So, anyways, advice to management is less crunch, less layoffs. Show the employees that you respect their personal lives outside of work, and they'll repay you loyally. Um, yeah, the, the the pattern that I'm seeing here is. Just how the distribution of money was handled was questionable, right? And constant layoffs. Because when I came on to that project and we were talking to everybody that was working there, there was a lot of returning Spark workers, which means People came back. Yeah, people came back. uh, So there was a period where they were laid off themselves, but came back for this project because it sounded interesting. So I felt like everybody who was there that was there for a while at Spark had had an absence, like a time of absence. So that was another red flag that I again took note of, but didn't really uh act it on, right? It was like, man, there's a lot of people that used to work on Project One. <laughs> Uh, only finished project two and a half, and then came back project three or something, right? Uh, it's like uh, that's never a good thing, right? If if you're uh, touting how your oldest employee took a break periods of time in their their venture at your company, it's never it's never a good thing. So that was another thing that I noticed that now that that uh, review that I was reading mentioned it.
0: So I've got one that gave him three stars. Mm-hmm. So kudos there. Three out of five. But the title is chew them up, then spit them out. Doesn't recommend negative outlook and disapproves of CEO. Says this person worked at Spark for more than a year. So they probably worked right in the middle of the shit storm. Mm-hmm. Pros. Overall, a great collection of smart, hardworking senior developers, excellent, mature Unreal Engine 3-based code, Maya-based tools, cool Ventura Boulevard location, and then <laughs> the uh, parentheses, S parentheses, so they're talking about the offices Yeah. instead of just putting, anyway. Cons, management is its own worst enemy. mm, mm. Burns bridges with publishers, juggles money between two teams when it can really only afford one, etc. Only a tiny core group of employees survive project to project. Everyone else gets rolled off. Usually yep. beginning in alpha management swears. This is the only possible way to survive as an independent developer. Great games ruined at the end by management missteps. Oh, there's show more <laughs> uh, rolling off and employ uh, plunging employee morale. Advice to management. Here we go. Stick to one project at a time. Keep as many people as possible to the end to get it right. Get it polished. If you haven't pissed off the publisher by beta, you might just get a follow-up project for once, <laughs> which means the next game will be even better because you're able to keep the same experience developers.
1: <sighs> that was one of the things that was uh, they were bragging about a lot at our uh, team meetings where they were saying, hey, we're one of the last independent Game developers, right? Which I don't know. It's like this is it. This is the best we got. This is what this is the hero we call on <laughs> to represent independent. Uh, yeah, yeah. You know, it was it was a joke, right? Because obviously, yeah, yeah you know, there was studio closures around that time a lot uh, during the PS3 era, and uh, Spark, of course, was part of that. That didn't work, and the way they were swindling and moving things around and believing that that was the only way it to it, hustle. Right. Mm. And, and, uh, like I mentioned before, you, you know, the, the first time i met, I met Craig and, you know, listened to how he talked about acquiring projects. It wasn't the sound of passion about mm. finishing, right. It was mostly starting It's like, Hey man, money is in the bank. We got this laters make my game. <laughs> It was not like, no, we're going to change the gaming industry mm-hmm. with this game. It's a different type of talk.
0: So, you know. I what I guess what gets me when I start thinking back about all this kind of stuff is like, yeah, the team was solid, right? And yes, Spark was independent, but if they really wanted a payday, I I wonder if they ever tried to sell the company right? And just be like, the team is of value. It's a team of very experienced Unreal 3 developers. We're about to switch to Unreal 4, but their resumes and senior level talent is the type of place, or is the type of team that you would want, right? Like, if you compare Lost Planet 3 to the other games that they made, I'm not calling the other games shitty, but I'm going to say that you can see, like, a huge quality difference right, like across the board, right. you know what I mean? Yeah. But it's hard when you know that everyone around you is going to jump into PS3 four and xbox one i guess was they had been produced at the time but not actually publicly ready Mm -hmm. but we knew that it was time we knew that that generation was coming that it was time to start your new two to three year project and if i knew that if spark wasn't going to land an xbox one or a ps4 project that they weren't going to make it right they weren't they were just weren't going to make it
1: well the mentality wasn't there like I, i feel You can sense, especially in your uh, boss or leader at a company, if they're in it for the long run, right? Or are they just milking it until the cow is dry, right? I don't know if you got that sense, but I'm repeating it again. I got that sense. It was more like, hey, how far will this train go? Because I'm ready to get off type of attitude, right? (laughs) Because first of all, the CEO isn't a game developer, right? I don't know. I'm guessing. He's not a game developer. He doesn't talk like one. So he's more like a salesman uh, going out there pitching and, and acquiring stuff. I remember, uh, I don't know who mentioned it to me, but they were talking about how uh, Craig was so confident or something uh, of acquiring a publisher for Yaba during Lost Planet's uh, development, right? He's like, Hey man, just give me the bare minimum. I'll get this. I'll get this off the, the ground, right? Leave it to me. I got this shit. And he's probably is really good. He's probably really good at selling pitches and ideas, right? Obviously, you know, he's acquiring all these AAA projects with big publishers, right? It is a warning sign that it's not a repeat publisher, <laughs> Yeah. If you look at all of them, right? There's like six different projects, not a repeat publisher. So they had a good run. um, But if you don't invest in your workers, like you said, you know, the even positioning the company as being requ- acquired by a different publisher or a different bigger company, yeah. was that yeah. even in the cards? Because it, it, it didn't feel like it, right? Uh, the way major parts of the team would be laid off from project to project. Only a core team would stay is a short selling type of mentality uh, to me. And I definitely saw signs of that. Right. But again, it was my second place. Uh, even four years in, I was non-season in the ways of, of business. Right. Uh, or Man. at least understanding game Psychology and game business of a, a madman CEO who's <laughs> who's in the valley, man. He's hustling. It's like, why are you hustling, dude? You're a millionaire. Always hustling. It's like, can't you make good business deals? You know, what, correct me if I'm wrong. I, I always hear, yeah, good businessmen always hustling. But at a certain point, can't you just be a good businessman? Is there is there a difference? <laughs> or is it, I'm wrong on the slang here.
0: No, it's, that's, that's the way I operate, man. Is like good business is good business. Right. Right. And like dog eat dog kind of stuff, like being competitive is one thing, but being unethical, mm. you know, there's only so many times that you can sly and sleaze your way through stuff before it comes back to bite you in the ass. Right. So it's, I, I'm not saying that spark was sly or sleazy. I'm just saying that like, they didn't always do good business. Right. And if you have employees who can't see the books and who are like, I think there's skimming going on. And then it's like multiple people are saying this in Glassdoor. I don't know, man, there probably was. Yeah. And so there, yeah, it's hard to then go to another publisher. It's hard to do that to Capcom and then not, and then think that you're not going to be able to, or like, you're not going to be able to continue to make games because you're like, Oh no, we'll be all right. We we'll, We can get over this. It's just Capcom, you know, th- th- these other ones don't know. Dude. Are you kidding me? <laughs> <Are> you <laughs> the, kidding me? Capcom is Japan, man. Yeah. See, oh, man, I would not skim off of Capcom. No. I wouldn't skim off of anybody, let me clarify, but I'm just saying, like, <laughs> uh, oh, well.
1: Well, we don't have to go into too much detail. I mean, I think listeners are piecing it together, right? The The sharing of projects with one single project funding. Hmm. i wonder how how that went down like was it literally checking the books to, are they allowed to do that like what, how how are you using our money here
0: well the thing is i would say this i think the executive level producers definitely see the books and they would be the first ones to know if like wait what like we signed a milestone agreement for x and one third of x showed up mm. and we're still on the hook for all of
1: x mm. you I know see. what i mean i like, see i see
0: are you kidding me? <laughs> yeah.
1: So it was like red flags thrown from the A team yeah. to the CEO. Yeah. Yeah. That that would do it right there. <laughs> yeah. We were definitely understaffed for the type of project we were doing. Um and words get out, right? Like by by that time when I was at Spark, you know, people who were working there is like, oh that – That place is still around, you know. (laughs) It's like who's working there still? Like everyone has left and come back, type of thing. When you hear that type of murmur in a small industry like this, you know what should follow, right? And this is the thing that I'm learning. You always want to have that that project, right? Um, What's the first? uh uncharted right what how cool would that have been if i was working on the first uncharted and it blew up right or the first tomb raider or mm. you know any of these major franchise killers i mean major franchise builders you know it, it's always uh alluring to work on the first part of that series right so to me when i came there you know the demo was really cool Right, It was really cool. I saw the emotion part of it, but to stretch that demo into a full game, the execution, it's always the toughest part. It's where most, it's where the best games to use shine through and most studios fail, right? Mm-hmm. So being inexperienced on the first demo, it's like, I totally see what you guys are doing. And it, it, a lot of it was, you know, I'm going to take a chance and just see how this goes. Uh never do that as an employee <laughs> and that's my advice from all that experience and looking back I am really thankful I made really good friends we had a good time um, and I do I, I, I that was a turning point in my career where I started thinking outside of just my regular job right it's like how do I stretch this out to to retirement right what is my path and yeah, I took a chance. And anytime I take a chance thinking that in in the lottery type of mentality, like this will this might become something. You know, this might become the next big thing. It's never the case. Ninety-nine percent of the time it will fail. Right? That's why it's it's so amazing when the first part of the game becomes a series, right? It is a miracle. It's a rare uh moment that everything just come together the right people the right ideas the right scheduling and the right execution right it is a very rare moment and so spark to me was something like that where you know i i i can't say that in retrospect i would have looked for another job because it was our first time working together it was really fun like i said it was a fun experience with that but um my experienced self would have been like, hey, man, you just ship Bioshock 2. <laughs> you know, XCOM hasn't shipped yet, so no one knows that it's crap. Right? It had like two years <laughs> left on that. I, I wanted to leave that project because I did not like that project. <laughs> but I had a good game on my resume, which meant a lot of options, right? <clears throat> Sorry, guys. And, um, you know, in, instead of putting the bet on something you know, from big, it's definitely easier to go from big franchise to another big franchise, uh, than to go big franchise, small game to big franchise, right? Sure. Yeah. To, um, cause you're kind of just snowballing to a bigger thing. It's easier, right? Taking a step back, taking a step forward. <laughs> it's always, uh, an experience, but in summary, yeah, you know, I don't regret a thing. And Larry, it doesn't sound like you regret a thing. Um, I don't think anybody that has worked there regretted it, right? Um, even though it was a shitty experience, I feel like as developers, you roll with the punches and you learn yeah. from your mistakes. Uh yeah, good and bad mistakes. So this Glassdoor confession is more like therapy session for us, right? <laughs> it's more like reflecting back. Oh yeah, I remember that. Oh, that's why, you know, I'm learning things from you where I'd had no idea, you know, and getting a more backstory of what happened after I left. Right. And how shit Mm -hmm. went down um, and how eventually that caught up with them. Right. So (laughs) like anything, dude, if you're just grasping for straws as a company hey you're never i'm there's never a company that bounced back unless you're angry birds right and even then you know in the last episode we learned the straw was just someone else's game it was taken from
0: someone else's hand that last straw was taken from someone else's hand exactly
1: so there's always there's always something else even those rare games that make it out that rare gem there's uh, there's something else that we don't know and aside from it being like the perfect scheduled game or whatever right so for all your listeners out there and this is my send off and larry you can close it up if you want my send off is never take a chance uh don't think
0: <laughs> don't think
1: that game is going to be special it's not right if it's not already special you know it's not going to become special very rarely that happens <laughs> right Always go for sure things, right? If it's a company that shipped Halo, that shipped Destiny, that shipped Call of Duty, that shipped Uncharted, those guys most likely know what's going on. And look out for companies that uh, have five different games from five mm-hmm. different publishers. If something happened here. If their game was so good, why, why don't they have a repeat customer, right? That, that's always bad. In my books, right? Um, so uh, that's what I learned from Spark a revolving door and t- don't plan for the worst, don't hope for the best. <laughs> <laughs> God.
0: Uh, well, my send off will be easy. I just want to say a shout out to all the people I love and respect that I met at Spark Unlimited, uh, that were in the trenches with us making Lost Planet 3, making YAIBA. My four days on Yaiba, shout out to that team as well. I think Spark brought some incredible people together. We had some great fun and just belly-shaking laughter moments, like on a daily basis. And I I have never had that level of camaraderie with another team ever again. So if there is any one thing I credit Spark Unlimited for is I definitely remember that time of my game development career and just how cool it was to make games with those people. So I will just leave it at that. I hope everyone listening to this podcast gets to experience something like that. Cause it really was, it really was awesome. So yeah, that part of it was, <laughs>
1: yeah, I'll sign off on that. I love the guys that I worked with.
0: All right. Well, Uh, one hour 12 minutes and 45 seconds in larry charles if you enjoyed this podcast and you want to stay in touch or continue to follow our developments you you need to go to facebook.com forward slash game dev unchained and drop a like and stay in touch you can also get the direct feed for this podcast on soundcloud.com forward slash game dev unchained